We're Life is Good. We created our first t-shirt back in 94 when we were fed up with the daily flood of negative news. Sound familiar? Since then, our super soft tees have been helping people make positive connections, reminding us every day that even though life isn't easy or perfect, life is good. Today, we're serving up fresh designs daily and giving 10% of annual profits to help over 1 million kids a year. Join us at lifeisgood.com and let's spread some optimism together. Marco Hoyce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hood's turn for Anthony Modest. Royce. Not a bad idea. Welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver, uh, here to talk about the 6-0 thrashing of Wolfsburg. We did it again, put six past them like we did the end of last season. Um, it is again, uh, not again, just started, but uh, real quickly, I'm just going to say sorry for the later episode. We typically try to record Tuesdays, uh, get the episode out Wednesday, uh, but Carver and I had a busy week. I was working late and out of town on uh on Tuesday when we typically record. So hope you don't mind a, a late episode. Hopefully you can squeeze this in before the match is coming Saturday. But Carver, I know we, like we said we both had busy weeks. I'm off to a rough start. So I'm just going to pass it over to you. And ask, <laughs> How are you doing, man? How's it going? Don't throw it to me. I'm having a rough week too. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. I mean, we're, we're in the home stretch tomorrow's Friday and we're one day, one more day away from uh, Dortmund football on the weekend. Hoping for another six nil this time. I know you said we got six past Wolfsburg, but this time we actually got the clean sheet too. Yeah. So three points, six goals, zero goals conceded, and uh, just still neck and neck with Bayern. Yeah, that that was the bummer. I remember the Wolfsburg game vividly last year, and I was hoping we'd do it again. But like that was it was yeah we had, they we let them get at least one goal, but not this time. Kept the clean sheet. Koble is happy man. Um, but yeah, six goals in Carver last week. You were so down and so out, so you don't have to get into all of it. But how are you feeling just after this one? I mean, I've, it's it's hard not to be super happy after a, a performance like that and a result like that, of course, too. Uh, but I'm just still maintaining, uh, you know, an, an objective view on this and being a realist and just and just powering through. I'm not going to get excited about the title until we win at Augsburg. That's whenever I can start to be like, okay. And that's, of course, if Byron dropped points too. But, you know, whether or not we pull this season off or this the title off, um, we've had some major stumbles this season. But at least we're hopefully going to finish these last few games strong because we've, we, you know, we obviously thrad, or thrashed Frankfurt and we thrashed Fulsburg. So hopefully we're, uh, you know, going to finish out the home stretch with just three wins. Yeah. And I know we talked about it was probably a couple couple weeks ago, I think there, I don't remember if there's six or five matches left, but we were like kind of looking at the, the, the fixtures between us and Byron and kind of trying to figure out who had the tougher run. And I think we landed on, felt like we had the tougher run, but now looking at it, I feel like we have an easier run maybe because we have two home games left. Um, and they still have to face Leipzig. And I think it's Schalke who have been in like, not looking terrible. Uh, not praising they got themselves Schalke, out of the relegation zone yeah. and, and they've won a handful of games recently. Yeah. 
I'm not praising Schalke too. by any means, but they have been looking better. They've been looking decent, and they've been putting up good fights in other matches. So I think that can be a potentially tough game uh, for Bayern this weekend. And then they have to play Leipzig, which we know. Like the the thing is, like they're they're playing like Schalke. These are must win games for their opponents. Schalke needs to stay out of relegation. Leipzig wants to secure their spot in the top four. So both these teams are going to be fighting. You know what I mean? And Gladbach and Mainz, who we have coming up. Um, mid-table, not really fighting for anything. So I think that bodes a little better for us. I don't want to just... It sucks being on like Bayern watch, uh, but this is the reality. And they're sitting on 65 points. We're at 64. Uh, if I, Yes, I said that right. Um, so one point behind them. And I think the fact that we have these two home games, we've been great at home this season, uh, bodes well. Again, I'm not going to get carried away, but that does give me some optimism. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we should talk about the match. I mean, basically, we scored six goals <laughs> just in and out. The The game was, I think it was, I'm not going to skip past every, we'll, we'll talk about the goals and, and the play, but it was like, I think the 65th minute, whenever like Makoko came on and we made those subs, it felt like there was like five minutes left. I was like, geez, there's still so much game left. Yeah. Like yeah. definitely kind of took the, I mean, we didn't really take the foot off the gas. Like we still scored more goals after that, but it was just like, I guess at that point, Wolfsburg was just done completely. But they they didn't show up to begin with. They didn't have much to really win or go for during this game. They had not. Uh, they didn't really have anything to play for. I mean, they are still really out of the question now for Europe. Um, so they just they just looked like they didn't want to rise to the occasion whatsoever. But let's get into the uh, lineups here because I want to talk about how each team set up. Uh, so we ran with the back four, Koble and goal. You have the back four of Rierson and Wolf as the fullbacks and the uh, center back partnership again of Sule and Hummels. Schlatterback still recovering from his injury, so he was unavailable. A midfield trio of Brent, Chan, and Bellingham. Then you have the two wingers in the, of, uh, um, excuse me, Malin and Adeyemi. And then, of course, you have Haller as the focal point of attack. And then you have Wolfsburg on the other hand who set up like they've never seen nor heard Dortmund before, especially with how we've been playing these uh, for this spring. It's uh, Karim and uh, Dani on the flanks here. I, again, they, this is completely on Kovac. I mean, setting up his team to do nothing but fail in this game with the super high line, um, not getting his players to track any sort of runs. He just got it very, very wrong in general. And and we we completely punished them for it. I mean, we exploited the space all game and just ripped this team apart. Um, and you know they had some uh, they had some players out as well, but for the most part, he had a uh, he had most of his team available. And yeah, just completely got it wrong tactically. And Terzic uh, just ripped him apart for it. Yeah, uh, got the uh, scoring. Jeez. Oof. Yeah, got the scoring started early in the 14th minute. I'm not going to cut that out. I'll leave it in there. I don't mind making fun of myself when my voice cracks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Adiyemi getting the uh, goal in the 14th minute. Another header. We talked about Adiyemi j- can jump higher. He's the fastest player in the Bundesliga, and he's officially got the highest hops in the Bundesliga too, jumping over defenders to get a header from a dude who's maybe five foot seven. I love, mm-hmm. love it. Love and it all and it all started with a switch of play from Chan over to Rierson and it's just lazy defending from Wolfsburg from a collective standpoint. If you watch the replay of that goal and uh, they have the bird's eye view, whatever camera is like on that string 
going across the stadium. You see Wolfsburg's, uh, just the the team and the shape does not switch over across the other side of the field um, quick enough at all. They just kind of slow, you know, slowly jog over there, very lazy, uh, half-hearted. And uh, Rearson had a great first touch to bring it down too. It was not easy. He had to really extend his leg there. Uh, got pretty, you know, decent deflection, which it turned out to actually really help at a Yemi. But yeah, he jumped over uh, their center back and it was a it was insane header. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you saw the replay of the, uh, the camera angle behind and the ball going over the post and then coming back into the corner and, and Castile's had no chance. And yeah, up one nil and uh, just a matter of minutes, which we had chances before that too. But yeah, nevertheless. Um, and before we talk about individual goals again, like I, last week we, I was really hitting on I guess overall team performance and lack of goal scoring, the fact that Brandt was our top goal scorer and now like he's been surpassed by, I think Adeyemi is up there now. Um, and just the, the lack of goal contribution. And, and we talked about like these guys hitting strides and streaks at different moments. And that's why we've seen this inconsistency, like relying on these guys in certain moments. I know this game was crazy and out of control in a good way, but like this is what you like to see. You like to see the contribution. Uh, Donnie and Adeyemi, both having great games while you still have Brandt contributing a lot too. It wasn't like anyone faded. This this was just like the culmination of everyone and everything coming together. Yeah. And well, I wanted to say Mon, uh, Malin was the one that caught up to Brandt in terms of being the high scoring okay, yeah. player on the team this year. But this was a game where you got to really see Brandt come back out of his shell and back into the form that we know it, it, that he's been in for the um, season so far. I mean, his first touch on the ball, just a few seconds into the game, actually, it was a bit negative and I thought he was going to turn, but uh, he just, because he had acres of space behind him, but uh, he grew into that game well, grew himself a lot of confidence, got involved, went on to have a great game with three assists, uh, 100% passing accuracy with his long balls, made a lot of great runs too, which should not go overlooked. I mean, he exploited Wolfsburg's back line tremendously with the space in behind, uh, and obviously made space for other players too when he made those runs. So good to have Brandt back and it, not just in this team, but also back into the form that we know he can be at. And, uh, you know, you can keep going on the list too. It was great to have Wolf back as well. Uh, I said as well, as well uh, on the right-hand side. I mean, I think we're going to start to have a really solid partnership of um, the fullbacks of Wolf. And Rearson, they both were great. I mean, Wolf has a good job of uh, creating those overloads and being an attacking threat. Rearson as well brings that grit. Obviously, both of them bring the energy too. So, um, just wanted to shout those two players out real quick because, yeah, tremendous games from really all of them, but them in yeah. particular. And on the, the Brandt thing, in the Brandt, Adeyemi, Malin, Allaire, Bellingham get, gets a brace. Adeyemi almost gets a... Should have had the hat trick, but he gets an assist too. So, like, in a game like this where Adeyemi should have had a hat trick, he got the assist. You still on Fop Mob at least, like you still see Brandt with the the highest rated player and getting the the man of the match from Fop Mob at least with three assists. So mm-hmm. like you you see these big contributions all around the pitch, but still Brandt back there running it. Um and and I know this game may be a bit of an anomaly, like scoring six, but with everyone firing, and I, I think I talked last week about like just the confidence, and I know we've been this up and down. Like we have a good game, and then we have Bochum, and like we have a good game, and then Stuttgart before that. Um, but to, to the two home games in a row, I think is really gonna 
do wonders for us. Like, cause we can perform at home and now we get the chance to do it two in a row instead of this back and forth and having a game like this with, where everyone kind of builds on this confidence. Um, I think it sets us up perfectly to close out the season. 10 goals at home in the last two games, zero goals conceded at home in the last two games. And if anything, this season, Terzak has done a fantastic job at turning the Westfalen Stadion back into a fortress that cannot be penetrated. Uh, I mean, Except of course, covers ex- uh, you know what? Shut the fuck up, Jay. <laughs> Enough. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, if you don't know, Carver was at the Werder Bremen game earlier yeah. this season. Just got to throw that out there. Barring that insane uh, loss at, towards the beginning of the season, Terzak has turned this that stadium back into a fortress. And I mean, 10 goals in two games is ridiculous. And we usually perform well against both Frankfurt and Wolfsburg. You know, don't get me wrong, at least in recent years. But still, I mean, it take no credit away from the team. And it wasn't just, this game wasn't just us performing well, but again, it's just, it's Wolfsburg just did not show up to play. I talked about as a collective unit, but also just from an individual standpoint as well. I mean, it looked like they tried to just kind of catch us in the break at times with players like Baku and, and Vind, but they were just really off Baku. And in, in, in particular, he was stinky doo-doo, uh, poor first touches, dispossessed really easily his crosses were ass he had a shot too in this game that was ridiculously awful too uh, which a lot of their attacking threat i think comes down that right hand side and you know the pressing high and winning the ball in those dangerous areas and then you know trying to catch someone on the break but it just did not happen for him and then top of that whenever they did lose possession we would have those pacey wingers and malin or Yemi to quickly just get them on the break on the other end and that's exactly what happened pretty much all game and they had no answer for it really they had you know the only only opportunities that i can remember is the double chance in the 20th minute uh right before we scored our second goal which Koble came up big there with the the one-on-one against vimmer um but yeah right after that scored again um malin had that missed opportunity with his you know the bad decision to flick it off to jude unfortunately i mean he just he has to use his left foot there and he has to be selfish and uh, he's been improving that department in these past few weeks. But uh, Terzik told Archie at ESPN right before the game that they try to make Malin uncomfortable in training so he can grow to be comfortable in being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Um, so he can, you know, obviously be a little bit more uh, comfortable in those situations where he has to use his left foot or he has to be selfish and go one on one with those breaks. But either way, yeah, just unfortunately, he doesn't work out those part of his games at least completely yet in terms of his uh, lack of decision-making skills. But either way, Donnie still had a good game too. Yeah, finishing has been so much better. Mm-hmm. It really has. And I, uh, I, know, I know just early on, I know a lot of people were talking. To, I mean, I think people know now, like Adeyemi, Malin, great. They've arrived. Hopefully he keeps going. Uh, but I'm just throwing it out there for anyone who like any Adeyemi haters. Who, who I don't think are around anymore, but I know they were there at the beginning of the season. I kept saying, just kept saying, hey, it's going to take a little bit, little bit. It's going to take a little bit to adjust. Austrian Bundesliga to the big Bundesliga. It's a jump. It's different. And he's here. He's here. He didn't hit the penalty, but he's here. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was his header we talked about, his assist for Hilaire was brilliant as well. I mean, the man is unbelievably fast and i love the hunger that he has to go and score goals or just be involved in goals in general uh, even whenever we lose possession when we're in an attacking third he immediately just tries to hunt down the ball and with that gig and pressing style and try to win the ball right back so we can go and 
try to have another go. So, and that's the kind of players that uh, Kale wanted in this team. Whenever he first took over as sporting director, he wanted players that want, not only wanted to be here, uh, hopefully, you know, more long-term than uh, recent signings, but also players that just have that drive, that hunger, that grit, like Rierson. I mean, we got him for pennies, really. And he was just a brilliant signing having him on the team now. And and he brings that same kind of energy that I was, that I've been talking about. So um, yeah, Adeyemi had a great game. Uh, second half is pretty much the same thing. I mean, we played through their press really well, which is what people, I think Reese Edwards, uh, who's, uh, you know, I've retweeted some of his stuff on Twitter, but he put out an article, I think it was for BVB buzz of how we can try to, to beat Wolfsburg. And one of the things that he talked about was just playing through that high press of Wolfsburg, which is what we continue to do. And in the second half, they were so done and dusted that they were just chasing shadows at that point. Um, especially early on in the second half when, I mean, Jude, can we talk about his goal in the 54th minute? The run he made, what was that? A 30, 35 yard run before he sent Arnold for a hot dog across the stadium. That was disgusting and then took it back to the middle had an insane shot with his left foot might i add top titty would have been one of one of the best goals of the season if it not for castillo's getting his fingertips on that but it turns into an extremely bizarre goal but a goal nonetheless and that's why uh, it was it it had to it was destiny it kind of was i've never seen anything like that before it shouldn't have have been saved no it was insane (laughs) but you saw it like I remember watching it like you see the ball drop and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is happening. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know how it got there. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's bouncing in the back of the net. It was like in the net and I was like, is that a goal? And then in my head I was like, why am I asking that? It, it's definitely a goal. It just, I don't know. I, I don't know how the ball ended up there. It's weird. Um, but just continued steamrolling on them. And it only a few minutes after that Jude goal too, you had uh, Eddie Yemi's second goal as well. Um, so it was it was a party, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I have nothing else to say. Like I said, 65th minute, like I couldn't believe there was so much time left still. Yeah. Um, and we got a couple more goals. Looking good. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about this game except it was beautiful. And got a bunch of people, some great minutes too. And Paslik came on and got some minutes. Yeah. And he did really well. Uh, I mean, he had three passes into the final third. Two of them created huge chances. One of them led to a goal. And then he won 75% of his duels as well. I mean, Bochum, Bochum got a decent fullback. I mean, at the end of the day, Pasolak is still 24, and he's been at this team for 11 or 12 years, if I'm not wrong. So, I mean, he's still pretty young, and he's still got you know years ahead of him to continue to improve his game. But from the minutes that he was given, just kind of thrown into this, and he's played, what, two or three other games this year? Uh, he did very well for his 20 or 25 minutes on the field, man. It's it's probably too soon to talk transfer stuff, but obviously Passlack's going out, and we brought in Rierson, um, who we kind of brought him in at right back, but he can do either, and he does left and right extremely well. Was this is this the official like with Wolf playing so much right back this year? Mm-hmm. Like, is Wolf the? I just don't. I know I've talked about it a lot. I probably asked you so many times. <laughs> about this fullback not situation but like I, i'm just wondering i, I know there's there talk about Benzabayini, but i don't know if that's actually beneficial yet i i just i'm curious what our fullbacks are going to look like next season if it is if wolf is just doing a job this season or if wolf is actually locking in this right back position and rearson's going to be left i don't see anyone that has 
I mean, of course, yeah, Rearson, of course, can be that utility player uh, on the left as well, but that's not his favorite position. And that's that's a good problem to have for them to battling out a spot to start next year. Uh, you know, given if if we're going to still go ahead with Ben Zibaini as the left back, um, you have options now. Yeah. And in my opinion, I, I put Wolf as our starting right back, but, you know, very close second for Rearson. And if one dips in form, you have the other ready to go. And, and they both are, you know, pretty similar players. So, well, that, and there's, there's, there's going to be quality either way. I don't think that necessarily depends on. <clears throat> it, I think that where Rearson starts depends on more who's performing on the left at this point. Because, like, yeah, I think Rearson is probably the, the starting right back if like Guerrero has been good to go. But it's like if if he's not showing up at training or if he's got a knock or, or sick or whatever, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, Rearson starts left with no problem being uh, bringing Wolf in on the right. Uh, it's just it's so. And none of it like makes me mad. Like I don't with how Wolf has been performing all season at right back. I have no issue with seeing Rearson at left. Um, it's just like intriguing to me. Like what what's going to happen? Has Wolf, Wolf done enough to like lock that position in and, and possibly be like I don't know the the right back for the next season? It's going to be interesting to see what happens starting next season and obviously in, in the off season and, and yeah. uh, transfers and everything. I I would say I think Rearson does a better job at playing on the left than Wolf. I think Wolf is. Uh, I don't want to, I think it's maybe a, a harsh, so lack of a better term, but he is a little bit more one dimensional when it comes to playing on the left-hand side, which, you know, it's not a knock on him because it's obviously the weaker side, but I mean, Rearson is just, is just class with his left foot, which is something I never really expected whenever we had originally signed him, but it's a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to get into, <laughs> do you want to get into some Twitter questions or Anything else from this match you want to hit? Um, Hummels, well, just... give him an extension if we haven't yep. if already had the talk to him already. He's, I what, what three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever uh, Schlotterbeck was ruled out for a while, and I said he's the man's going to have to earn his paycheck if he wants to be here next year, given uh, it, his contract runs out in the spring or the late, excuse me, the early summer. But I mean, the man scored a goal against Frankfurt. He's he's kept a handful of clean sheets now. He's been class. Uh, he's obviously helped really organize our back line too. Uh, his pace is not there, unfortunately, but man, he he tracks back very well still, and and um, it comes up huge in huge moments, and just exactly what the kind of player that we need um, in this team. Yeah, he's done it like more than enough this season, like to earn another year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wouldn't surprise me. Like I haven't been. I honestly kind of thought he already signed an ext- extension. <laughs> like that's like I don't know. Maybe it's just because like the performances he's been putting in. I'm just like, yeah, he's gonna be here next season. Yeah, obviously. I've, I think I've talked about it in w- the when the captaincy, captaincy. Oh my god, captaincy thing. Yes. <laughs> comes up, and I talked last week about Bellingham and everything. Uh, but it's like I already just assume Hummel is gonna be here. I feel like that contract negotiation is gonna be easier like I, I just feel like it's going to be a much smoother process than maybe Royce where money was kind of a thing and that's in playing time and that, that was kind of the discussion I just think Hummels is going to be a lot easier like he's going to be happier to be like be here and contribute where he can like there's not yeah. you know, I don't think there's much negotiation that really needs to happen like I, I I hope at least I don't know if this is the case I'm not don't have any sources telling me this I'm just <laughs> going with my heart and my how I feel about it but yeah sign, yeah. sign him up for sure which kind of bleeds into one of the first questions here, which is from Zaza. A lot of numbers on Twitter. Um, you know, <laughs> thank you, you for are. thank you for engaging and listening. Uh, he said, "Solino and Hummels were so good against Wolfsburg. 
would you let them both play for the last three games as starters if they play at the level they did till the end of the season? And I mean, I think that's it's pretty much locked down at this point unless Schlotterbeck makes some insane return in the next week or two. And even then, he's still got to, you know, get himself back up to full fitness. Uh, but at the moment, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, really. Yeah, and I've hit on it so many times. I feel like I've given Hummels enough praise, but like any time I've seen Hummel slot in, You've been saying since day one in this yeah, season that it's been whatever good. the best partnership would be would be Hummels, insert Schlotterbeck or Sule as his partner, but it should be Matt's. Yeah, if Hummels or if if Schlotterbeck is healthy enough to come back, I think we will see him, but I have no issues. And like, if yeah, if that's what we need to do, I'm not concerned one bit. Like, I know they were good this match, and I trust that they're going to be good last few matches if that's what we need. They've been. They've been good all, all season, so yeah. no problem. And if we need that stability and Schlotterbeck is fully fit, um, you know, there were times last year where we ran all three of them at once, don't forget. That was this season still, uh, where we had a back four, but it was Sule on the right, and then you have the partnership of Schlotter and, and Hummels. So good question. Uh, yeah, I think I think why not at the moment, um, especially with Schlotterbeck working himself back up to full fitness. Do you want to hey, take the next Ch- one? Throw Chan back there if you need to. I think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> not, not. Hopefully, we don't need to. But like that's yeah. that's what we saw. Like, if there's any concern with Hummels going ninety, like we we can see Chan. That was, that's the benefit. Like Chan's been performing so well at, at the like CDM that oh, Chan's been on the bench. But like he's still a good option to come off the bench if you need to slot Chan back there. Which is, um, it, it's like we have weird like depth weirdly in some like <laughs> utility players. Like you have these kind of utility roles who've been panning out very well so it's like not bad to have that kind of depth yeah um yeah next question i don't have it pulled up i'll let you go oh, okay sure <laughs> if you're looking at it uh the borussia dortmund english podcast shout out um another dortmund uh, podcast asked jude celebration what do you think he meant by it and uh his his second goal towards the end do you want to uh, go first yeah well i know i think we're maybe it was before recording you you mentioned you don't really want to get into jude <laughs> too much uh, but obviously, there was a lot of talk with Real Madrid, uh, and I mean, the celebration looked like he was like the blah blah blah, like a, no more talk, whatever he was saying. I don't know. It looked like he's like, "Hey, enough of your enough of the talk and enough of the rumors. Everything's fine." Um, I've got mixed feelings because I don't always trust when players do this. I feel like mm-hmm. you see this a lot. It's like I get just silencing the talk, but it's like, man, if you're gonna stay, just tell me. Just tell me. <laughs> Pull up your shirt that says extension. Or <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So like it it excited me in the moment, but I'm still like, ah, but you could still be gone in the yeah. summer. But right now it's like we still have three games left. And I know I know like whatever is talked about online isn't gonna affect him. I know that he's driven and is determined to like to to win the the league with this team. Like I don't think he's gonna be distracted by anything so that's i have no concern and until until the final match and then then i'll be worried for the summer transfers but yeah and that's what i think think about it that's what i think his point was at the moment which the rumors they definitely have some validity you know some very top tier sources have confirmed that there has been talks between jude and madrid it looks like there's an accepted offer there it's just now uh, a deal between the clubs but either way Jude, I don't think I've heard anything about Jude talking to anyone in the locker room about that or anything like that. So at the moment, he's just fully he's just fully focused on this team. And I mean, it's obviously going to really suck when he goes. Some people are uh, less sad about it than others, but I mean, he is truly 
and we, we see this a lot about younger players that come into Dortmund. He's truly a generational talent. Uh, I mean, in pretty much every metric that you can look at. So huge hole to fill. But I mean, his celebration. Yeah, I'm I'm here right now. I'm I'm I don't need to hear all the talking. I'm just scoring goals and I'm putting in and contributing to the team. And that's exactly what we want to see from a player like him. So, I mean. I, I don't think I, I liked it. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, shout out to Verde. I did pull up Twitter, by the way. Mm. Uh, shout out to Verde Q2 underscore 512 who asked a similar uh, Jude question mm-hmm. about us thinking he'll stay or not. Um, I just don't want to think about it. I'm, I'll be worried in the summer. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not concerned about like the talk affecting him at all. The only... W- scenario i can imagine jude staying because it looks like he's already agreed on personal terms it's just the clubs cannot come to an agreement which this is just from what i've seen speculation i don't think there was anything confirmed about an official bid yet but from what i have seen from some uh, reports is that they uh, there has been a bid submitted for 110 million plus some add-ons which is a joke in my opinion I think Jude is, I don't think it's crazy to say at all that he is a at least 125, 130 player, if not more. Um, so if, if the club cannot, you know, if they're asking that high of a price and Madrid doesn't want to match it, then I, you know, Jude's still got two years left on his contract. Uh, but that's the only scenario I can imagine. Even if we do win the league, I, I, you know, I think Jude just wants to go on to other things at the moment because when Madrid calls, you know, that's that's not an opportunity that's going to be there for long, if you know, ever again. And he's always going to have the Premier League to come back to. So I think he's just looking at an opportunity that is quite literally, you know, a golden egg. They they got that money, that Mbappe money, the money that they didn't use in Mbappe last summer. Also, so. the midfield trio that he would be a part of in that project is is actually a crime. That is a that is a literal war crime by definition. If you Google war de- war crime definition, a midfield trio picture comes up of those three. So, <laughs> uh, just random question off topic. Not really. Who do you got, Real Madrid or Man City? Real Madrid or Holland? It's gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say it's that. gonna be Real it's Madrid. gonna be Madrid if he goes this summer. No, no, no. Sorry, in the Champions League. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really like either club. I guess I guess Madrid just because I don't want to see City win anything. <laughs> That's why I said Holland. That's why I said Real Madrid or Holland. Yeah. Like I don't I don't even like Real Madrid. No, me neither. But I absolutely I, not. and I don't like Man City, but I love Holland. I still love Holland. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. If if Holland scores mm-hmm. a couple, then I'll be happy. If either win and Holland doesn't score, then I won't be happy. Yeah. Uh, next question from our boy Zaheen. Uh, Zaheen, before I get into your question, just want to say I listened to a, a good amount of your podcast today from the latest episode covering Wolfsburg. Obviously didn't understand much of any of it, but <laughs> very happy that you are, are still doing the show and you're getting creative. It sounds great. The audio is great. I love that you're passionate about the team and you're always engaging with the show. So thank you as always for being an awesome listener and an awesome person. He asked... Is Eden putting Haller as a false nine? I'm starting to learn a little bit more about tactics and roles, so I might be wrong. Um, I don't think false nine is the term for it, although he does he is doing similar things of what a false nine would do. So it's I don't think that's a dumb question. Um, I think a, a better term, at least in my opinion, would just be a, a target man at the moment, someone who could hold up the ball, be a little bit deeper, and uh, help with build up, which again is similar to what a false nine is. But I don't think 
at least to my knowledge, we've ever classified him as a false nine. But good question. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I just I think he's good at at like dropping back and getting mm-hmm. involved in the play and build up. We and, I, and playing wide that, too. Weirdly yeah. enough, he can he can he can go in a whole different bunch of areas, at, and not just at Dortmund too. If you could look back to his career, he uh, popped out on not as a winger, but he does pop out on the wings at times. So sorry to cut you off. No, we we saw it early in his like first couple of games back of like just his hold up play and mm-hmm. his ability to pass too. And then I think going wide too, like that's just him kind of drawing defenders out with him and kind of creating all this space, uh, which is a benefit. Like, ha- like you said, that target man, he can just take up the space and, and control the game in, in other ways instead of just like poaching all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've talked about that too, as far as like goal contribution, like even though he hasn't put a ton in, like he is creating these opportunities by having the, the defense track him around and everything, like just creating the space and creating opportunities for other players. Yeah. All right, a uh, really quick shout-out. Um, before we preview Gladback, we have to shout-out the Dortmund women's team. I believe played today as we're recording on Thursday. They played today, unless my Twitter timeline was way off. Uh, shout-out to Adam, who we've got everything for Adam linked. If you don't know Adam, and you want to learn more about the Dortmund, Dortmund women's team, especially after uh, this awesome end of the season they're having where they got promoted again, I believe, and then they just won the Christ Pokal 3-0 against a team... In the a division above them, a league mm-hmm. above them, they won uh, the Christ Pokal. So, and I, I think this is they. I think they did this last year too. They did a double. Did they? I don't remember if they won the Christ Pokal last year. Or if they lost in the finals, I think they did lose in the finals. But oh boy, Adam's probably at home listening, going like, "God damn it! I told you this." <laughs> we literally had him on the podcast to tell us, but I, and maybe that's why we're remembering, or but, hopefully not misremembering. Oh, they definitely are promoted this year, though. For sure. I mean, they were promoted last year too, obviously, but. You know, you were uh, sounded hesitant, but yes, confirmed they are going up again, and uh, they are flying. I mean, they they've been flying; they don't stop flying. This 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 plane doesn't land, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but definitely give Adam a follow, and if you want to learn more about the Dortmund women's team, he is the source. He's the guy. So shout out uh, Adam Jaroski, and you can find his uh, website, his Twitter, and everything about the Dortmund women's team in the description of this episode. Yeah, um, and then yeah, let's get on to Gladback Saturday. 11 or 11:30 central time, 12:30 yep. eastern time. Um playing in the middle of another match Carver and I need to be paying attention to. Um <laughs> but yeah, how are you feeling going into this into this one? Real quick, I'll just say again, like I said earlier, I'm confident that we're at home. Home form is yep. great. Gladbacks a little they're consistently a little, inconsistent. A little wobbly right now. So They I feel like they've been wobbly and sitting in 10th slash 11th all season. Um, but yeah, to, p- to piggyback on what you were saying, we're pretty much unbeatable at home. 10 in a row now. Uh, we've been, yeah, again, just flying at, at, at form at home. Gladback, yeah, they've been teeter-tottering. Uh, they just recently beat Bochum 2-0, but they were at home. Before that, they were winless in the last three. Um, I mean, I feel like you can pretty much expect a good amount of what they're going to bring. Uh, Daniel Farka, uh, just even with his time at as the Dortmund two team or his uh, previous clubs that before that Norwich, uh, Krasnodar, uh, Kres- I'm not going to pronounce that name. You know, what? I'm just going to take the L on that one. Um, <laughs> either way, he's pretty consistent with his tactics: four two three one, uh, aggressive, quick one two passes. You know, catching people on the break. Uh, he's now got a double pivot of Weigel, the deep laying playmaker. Of course, if if you're a relatively new Dortmund fan, it'd be 
fun to watch Feigl play this uh, this weekend because he was one of my favorite players whenever he was at Dortmund. Uh, and, and then the partnership of him and Kone, another player, if you are new to the Bundesliga or Dortmund or whatever, definitely keep an eye on him as well. He is another great box-to-box midfielder. Um, someone that, I mean, wouldn't mind having a Dortmund personally, especially if Jude leaves. Uh, but either way, and then I'm also, also uh, excited to watch Scally play as well, just as an American fan. Um, I mean, he's pretty much a instant starter at Gladbach for the last two years. So uh, there's some individuals, and then of course, Ben Zabaini too. Handful of individuals that'll be fun to watch, but uh, I'm feeling confident as well. I think we're going to, I think we're going to coast here. Um, given just Gladbeck again are consistently inconsistent and we're just insane at home. And um, <clears throat> hopefully we have the mentality to just keep pushing and putting the pressure on Byron to keep performing because again, only one point behind. Uh, I'm going to go 3 0. 3 0. Hmm. Sorry. Just hit my mic. I like I like the I like the confidence. I was I was thinking about the reverse fixture, looking back, which was rough. <laughs> it was rough, but that that was in our early. That was that was uh, one of the darkest days of the season. I know I was pissed was off battle. last week, but I was also very pissed at that game too. I was I was screaming. That's that's also the game where that with we had like the meme of Koble just losing his shit on the field whenever we conceded the what was it the third goal in the first half against Gladbach, but uh, yeah, that was that was annoying. No, not a good and I, we been a completely different team that since that time uh what i remember most about that was the talk about us signing benzabaini and yeah. people underrating him and what i said was like i think at the time he had five goals which was more than like he any of our goal scorers like he as the left back he had more goals than like our strikers or our wingers mm-hmm. or anything it was like he hasn't scored since either <laughs> No, but, I, I did just check the stat. I was like, I, but I remember that vividly, like talking about like he had five goals in the first half of the season. That's kind of insane. And and people didn't want him like bring him on, let him be our leading goal scorer <laughs> at the time. Um, but yeah, I I'm confident too. the The home thing is really getting me the two wins in uh two, coming off a big win at home, playing again at home. I'm really confident. Um, I think it will be two zero. I don't think it's going to be quite quite as crazy as Wolfsburg, uh, but who knows. Yeah, maybe we'll score eight. Maybe yeah. Adiyemi will get his hat trick this time. I'd Ooh. love to see all of it. I would love to see that too. Uh, before we get out of here, just another two quick updates off the top of my head. Uh, Jamie Bino Gittens is unfortunately going to go undergo surgery again for his shoulder. Uh, I th- I'm not sure if it was the first time he uh, initially injured it or it just some other time in the past that I'm forgetting. But initially, it was against Hoffenheim uh, back in the fall. And he, whenever you have a shoulder injury, it's just going to haunt you for usually sometimes for the rest of your career, unfortunately. But it's come back again, uh, and he's going to have to go through surgery and miss the remaining of the season and probably a good amount of the uh, next few months in general. Uh, I, don't, I imagine he'll be back maybe by the start of the season, but obviously sucks losing him and losing him to an injury that we're familiar with as well. Dahoud's the same way. He He's had shoulder problems in the past, and, and that shit will... Uh, will haunt you and just stay back, stay with you. So that, and they both, it was like a two or three week span where they both went, had yeah. those like big falls and big hits on their shoulders. And we're like, how, how is this happening? Yeah. Like both of them had like a very similar injury. Ugh. So an unfortunate for him and unfortunate, obviously for the club to not have a young bright talent like him. Uh, and then another, another 
a story that I wanted to touch on too is Ansgar Knauf looks like is going to be permanently signing for Frankfurt uh, at the end of his two-year loan spell away from Dortmund. Looks like there's an agreement on personal terms. Now it's just a matter of, again, like the Jude situation between the two clubs. Uh, the numbers I saw today, I hope, I'm hoping it's not true, but I saw some reports saying that it could be around five or six million euros um, for the sale of Knauf. And I think that's kind of low, personally. Yeah. Um, but it'd be nice to have him on a team that will have regular minutes rather than rotting the bench next year. Um, so, yeah, I feel like for him too, it's, it's such a weird situation to like to be disassociated with Dortmund for so long. Like after you're, you're with the club for two years and you kind of just get so integrated in the, like their culture and everything. Like, I think it would be so weird to come back. Not, not that I, not that I'm trying to, you know, what I, mean? I don't know yeah, what yeah, I'm trying I to say, but it's just weird, like to not. If you feel like something, like two year, uh, basically, I'm saying I don't like the idea of a two year loan, <laughs> unless you're definitely trying to get rid of the player, because that's just so much time away. I, I initially liked it just because it gave him a lot of time to grow. When he was, I mean, he was on the second team, and then he was bouncing back and forth uh, between you know the first team, and second team, and this is obviously a, it was a great opportunity for him to grow into the league for two years too, and not have the pressure of performing at a club like Dortmund at such a level that we were demanding him to be at at the time. Uh, sometimes we put so much pressure on younger players almost to a fault. And you could look at, you know, a handful of players in the recent years, Isak being the one that comes to my mind first of just, I mean, Marino too. If people remember him, I mean, he's a beast at Sociedad now. But uh, you just, yeah, you don't want to keep throwing players at that age onto a, a team at like, and in these insane games week in and week out. And then if they don't perform, you know, throw them out. So, uh, I mean, it's a successful loan spell from him, but yeah, it just looks like we're going to be parting ways, unfortunately, and looking elsewhere. Yeah. Um, well, I think that wraps it up. We definitely said we were going to do a shorter episode like we do every week because the quick turnaround we, between the game, we want to make sure you could get the, the full episode in before you watch the match on Saturday. If you made it this far, you obviously did. And we really appreciate you listening and hanging out a uh, week after week. Um, and I mean, we're going to come up on our summer break soon, which, uh, just a preface in the summer, we, we tend to stay active on Twitter, especially with transfer news and everything. We come in with a, an episode every few weeks, maybe mm-hmm. depending on, depending on the updates we have, like right when we signed Sule, we did an episode or that, that was at the end of the season, wasn't it? But that was in January, but yeah, Schlotterbeck, mm-hmm. uh, with the Schlotterbeck announcement and, and other announcements like, well, so just to preface, we will have some. Dortmund content in the off season, especially with the U S tour coming up. Um, if you have not, if you missed it, you didn't know. And if you're in America, Dortmund is going to be playing Chelsea in August, August yep. 2nd, I believe. Yep. And then they're playing in Vegas, uh, a few days before that July into July. Um, so I'll, I'll say it again. If you're going to be at one of those matches, Carver and I are going to Chicago. If you're going to be at one of those matches, let us know. We want to get connected. Um, and, and get some some stuff from both matches, whether it's a little takeover, whether we're talking to you, like we want to do something. So let us know. Uh, you can find us on the socials, Twitter and Instagram at the BVB podcast. You can also, or at the BVB pod. You can also email us, email us. Jeez, I cannot talk. Oh, I've been, I thought you had it. You were doing great. rough tonight. <laughs> I think I said MLS. I think I mixed. No, no, no. You had it. You email, had it. Okay. I'd email. Okay. Email us. Email us. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> at the BVB pod at gmail.com if that's easier because uh, we'd, we'd love to connect about that but yeah we'll, we'll definitely be doing stuff throughout the summer a few matches left 
and hopefully we're we're raising the trophy or the shield shield the Meisterschale Meisterschale at the end of it um but yeah thanks thanks for hanging out we appreciate it we'll see you guys later see you